0: fill up every day at his pump, lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome back to Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. Um, So this is going to be the premiere. This is the premiere. Uh, welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys had a good break but now we are back and we're going to be doing colossians so this will be the second season of the first episode of follow me to heaven and this is follow me through colossians so we're going to be studying colossians as is our custom right we we go verse by verse and we read it and we Uh, learn from it. We gain understanding from it. And the purpose of that, uh, for those who don't know, the purpose of this is so that we can grow our knowledge of God and our knowledge of ourselves at the same time as we grow our knowledge of God and knowledge of ourselves. we, We are able to understand the gospel better and how we are undeserving, yet God has lavished his grace upon us who believe in him and who have repented from our sins, thus leading us to worship. So the more we know about God, the more we are able to worship God better. Um, And the more we know who we are worshiping, right? So yeah, so that is the purpose of uh, follow me to heaven is that as we are making our way to heaven, when Christ returns or we go to him, uh, we learn from God's word, who he is, what he wants us to know. And since it's written in scripture, we are to study it and learn it. So uh, that's what I want us uh, to to get from. But this will be a, a brief introduction to uh, the book of Colossians, or the epistle, the letter of Paul to the Colossians, as well as uh, the introduction, right? Uh, chapters one and two, or chapter one, verses one and two. Um, So to begin with, right, Paul wrote this letter to the church of uh, Colossae, right? Um, And it's to fortify it, right? It's to uh, strengthen the church because what is going on uh, within this time, right? Because Paul more than likely wrote Ephesians the same time he wrote Colossians, right? He wrote a letter to the Ephesians. He wrote a letter uh, to the Colossians. Um, And we can also see similarities between the two letters. And we can even cross-reference back and forth to try to understand what is Paul saying here. Uh, We can go to the other letter and and study it and see where exactly he said that in the other letter, and we can find it. Um, Now, Ephesians, we did that on the first season, We there was six chapters in this one, there's four chapters, uh, but uh, to understand Colossians, we have to understand where is Paul at, at the time of writing Colossians, well if it was at the same time he wrote Ephesians, um, in Ephesians he says remember my chains, here in chapter 4 of Colossians we're actually given where Paul is, right, because Paul says, continue steadfast in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And then in verse 18, so the last verse of the last chapter in Colossians, he says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains, grace be with you. So you see, Paul is reminding the Colossians, where is Paul? As well as, hey, remember me, I'm in prison. And I'm calling you to have a lifestyle that is set apart, right? That is holy. And we will also also talk about that um, as we go through verses one and two of chapter one. Um, he gives his introduction as he always does, right? He he states his name, right? Sometimes we, whenever we write a letter. Um, at the end, we write sincerely and then our name. And what Paul does, he he actually inserts his name at the beginning of the letter. Um, And there's importance to that too. Um, But also what Paul tries to convey first as like, as the central point of The letter to Colossians is the understanding of Christ and who he is, right? In verse 15 of chapter one, he says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So what uh, Paul is doing there is he's showing that Christ is not only mere human, but he's also deity uh, wrapped in human flesh. So he is the God-man, and that's what Paul is saying here. Because then in verse 16, he he lays it out flat that he says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. So this totally destroys most of the philosophies that are being taught at that time uh, when the Colossians were around. Um, Colossae existed about... We could say at least 500 years before Christ, um, but we do not know exactly when it was founded. Um, And the reason why uh, we know that its existence was at least 500 years before Christ is because Colossae was actually existent at the same time Xerxes or Ahasuerus uh, was king in the time of Esther. So because of that, we can date Colossae at least 500 years before Christ. And uh, after 400 AD, so after Christ, 400 years, um, Colossae is no more. Uh, We can't even find its ruins. But even so, Colossae speaks to us today, uh, since God preserved it in his word. So, God wants us to know what is being said here because there is truth in it, right? First Timothy 3.16, we are told that all Scripture is God-breathed, right? All Scripture is breathed out by God and that it's profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for understanding, right? For training in righteousness. So, we are studying God's Word uh, so that we can grow and gain a knowledge of Him, and that's what we are called to do as Christians if you are one, right? If you are a professing Christian who has repented from their sins and put their faith in Christ, uh, this should be exciting. This should be something we look forward to. I can't wait to wake up tomorrow to study God's Word. I can't wait to study the words that are alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, that should be our attitude as we read God's Word. Um, a- Another thing about uh, the book of Colossians, or the uh, Colossae, right? the 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 city, the place, um, that it was about one hundred miles from Ephesus, which is pretty interesting. Um, and we see in verse seven of chapter one in Colossians, right, that Paul states how he has gained a knowledge of the Colossians, right? It says, Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved faithful servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made made known to us, right? Paul is writing, and when he says us, who else is there with him? Well, we know according to this letter, Timothy is with Paul. And he says, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So Epaphras is one who actually brought word to Paul about the Christians who are in Colossae. And then Paul, from then on learning about these Colossians, he he says he hasn't stopped to pray for them. He says, and so from that day or from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. That is amazing to to get this, uh, um, a sense of encouragement whenever we hear that someone is praying for us. Um, And I believe that's how we should be for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, We should be, especially for those who are in our immediate local church, right? Uh, We we are to pray for them and not only pray for them, but encourage them by telling them, hey, I am praying for you. Um, What else can I pray for you for? What do you need help with, right? As Christians, we are to extend a hand. We are to look to others as more significant than ourselves. Um, so, yeah, um, that is a just a, a brief introduction of the letter of Paul to the Colossians. We understand that he is in prison. He wrote this. But at the same time, uh, we are to be encouraged by it because even though Paul was in prison, He's always greeting the brothers and sisters uh, with uh, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As he said that in Ephesians And here, he says grace to you and peace from God, our Father. Um, So, yeah, we have to uh, reconcile that understanding that even in our sufferings, we can rejoice because God is working within us. Uh, during those times of trials. Um, So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and read God's Word. Uh, We're going to read chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, um, just to gain a brief context of Paul's greeting and his also uh, thanksgiving for them to God, as well as his prayer to God for them. Uh, So it says this in God's Word. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers of in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before, uh, heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you. As indeed in the whole world is bearing, it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved brother. A beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made to us, made known to us, your love in the Spirit. It says, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and in in understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. And we're going to stop there. So, so yeah, back, we're going to uh, the beginning. So we're going to look at verse 1 more deeply. And it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Right? So, again, we learned in the book of Ephesians, or the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, Uh, Paul has the same style of introduction. Uh, He begins with who is writing this letter, right? Who is this letter from? And here we see that it's from Paul, right? It's a typical introduction for Paul to begin a letter written like that by him. Uh, But this is for a good reason. We have to understand this is for a good reason to let his readers know who is writing. Because after we get this understanding that it's coming from Paul, well, what is Paul according to Christ? Paul is an apostle. And we get that as well in his letter. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. So not only is this Paul who is writing this letter, but this is the Paul, the apostle Paul of Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus is the central point of Christianity. That's why we are called Christians, right? We are Christ followers or followers of Christ. And here by Paul saying an apostle of Christ Jesus, he's basically making, a, making his point that he has authority and what he is about to say is vitally important and needs to be known. Right? Because he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. And and not only is he an apostle of Christ Jesus, but right after that, we see who has appointed him apostle of Christ Jesus. Right? He did not appoint himself, nor did any other person appoint him to be an apostle of Christ, other than by the will of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. It was God's purpose to make Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus. That's what's being said here and that's what Paul is trying to convey uh, to his readers so that we who are reading Colossians as well as the immediate receivers of this letter who are the Colossians understand that Paul was made an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will. It wasn't Paul's will. Actually, Paul persecuted the church of christ and jesus stopped him in his place transformed him changed him and now he is made he is made an ambassador of christ and now he is instead of killing souls in the name of god he is winning souls through the gospel for god's glory um and, and that's that should be our attitude as well that we want to gain the world. We want to call people out of darkness and bring them towards the light, towards the truth. And that is done by the gospel because Paul says in Romans one sixteen that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. In 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul even says in chapter 2 that he sought n- to know nothing among them except Christ and him crucified. So basically what he is trying to say there is that there is no need to know who they are, um, what do they do for a living? Um, he does not seek to make relationships with them, even though probably he has. Um, but the idea there is the understanding of our purpose into coming to meet anybody is that they be they be won over to Christ. We must not shy away from this gospel. We must be like Paul and be not ashamed of it, but instead uphold it as this is a pearl. This is something I want you to understand and know because apart from this, apart from this gospel being preached to you, faith could not happen. Romans chapter 10, 17, it says, uh, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, the gospel. So if you're not preaching the gospel if you're not teaching the gospel they won't know the gospel that saves and we get that through God's word and that's why Paul is always consistently writing letters into always helping us understand um, Paul's purpose understand this gospel that he does not shy away from he even preaches to the believers, the gospel, right? And then he says, and Timothy, our brother, right? So that's the last part of chapter 1, verse 1. And Timothy, our brother. So just a brief overview of Timothy. Timothy was viewed as a son to Paul, their relationship was really tight. And, and they loved each other very much. And Paul had Timothy by his side. Now, um, we we have to understand that Timothy plays a big part in Paul's life, especially as Paul is in prison, because Timothy is one who would encourage Paul. Uh, when we read God's word and we read about Timothy, we know that Timothy has like is always sick. We know that Timothy seems to be weak and always needs encouraging um, and encouragement. Uh, we read in First Timothy about uh, that Paul writes to Timothy and says, Do not shy away from this. Uh, hold fast to what you've been called to, right? Remember the laying of the hands of the elders. Um, he's always reassuring Timothy. But Timothy plays a big role in Paul's life because Timothy was a brother to Paul as well, right? Paul did not only see him as a son, right? But instead, he also saw Timothy as a fellow brother. And even though Timothy had those characteristics, a characteristic of a a weak person per se, one who needs reassuring, one who needs um, understanding and how to deal with... uh, physical needs right timothy was was sick but timothy was a encouragement to paul right so so we 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 have to understand that timothy plays a big role in this and for paul to include timothy in here um is reassuring as well that paul was in good company scripture tells us that bad company corrupts good morals well, Timothy was not that bad company. He was a good company to Paul. And he says, and Timothy, our brother, right? Yes. In other places of scripture, we see that Timothy is mentioned, uh, as a son to Paul, but here Paul mentions his, uh, brotherhood towards Timothy, right? That the Paul and Timothy relationship as brothers. And this is all because of christ and what he has done for us and for us as believers we have to understand we are now brothers and sisters in christ we are united by the same blood of christ and because of that we should have a love for each other that is like no other Uh, we should be wanting to help and wanting to encourage others right some are given the gift of encouragement And I would say if you are one of those, um, use that. Use that to encourage your brothers. Use that to encourage your pastors, uh, your elders of the church. If you have more than one elder in the church, I would say use that to encourage uh, the body. Uh, God has given each and every one of us a gift or gifts to use for His glory and for the advancement of His kingdom. And I would say if you haven't found that, I would get together with your elders of the church and and find out how can you uh, figure out what is your gift. And I would also input that your desire, right, as we come to Christ, as Christ saves us, gives us a new heart, our desires have changed. And as our desires change, we have desires to want to help. A desire that we want to uh we we desire to help this time of need right when whoever needs help with anything right are you a giver are you one who is consistently in prayer and praying for others uh that would be an encouragement right um how about certain talents or certain gifts as in um, the gift of preaching and teaching? How about uh, the gift of taking care of little ones? Uh, the gift of patience, right? That you can have patience and take care of those babies who are con- constantly crying and, and always in need of help. Uh, um, do, are you excited to want to do something like that, I, I would say reach out to your elders and, and see where uh, they would be able to put you to see if that is exactly where God wants you. Right? I would say um, try to exercise uh, those gifts. And as you do so, um, God is glorified. Right? We, we must understand that we are brothers and sisters in Christ towards each other. We should love each other, and the best way we do that is to help each other however way we can help, right? So verse 1 was, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Verse 2, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, right? So who is this letter to now? Right, so we we got this understanding that who is it by? And it's by Paul, but not just any Paul. Paul the Apostle. Apostle of Christ Jesus. And not only that, but the one who was appointed by God himself. And then it says in verse 2, to the saints. Right, so now we are uh, narrowing, narrowing down. Who this letter is for? It's to the Christians, to the saints. And that the the Greek word is hagios, which means sacred or holy, right? And holy means set apart. Uh, It is, saints is often used to label one as separated by God to his service. And then it says, and faithful brothers. So not only the saints, but the same saints are the faithful brothers, right? faithful brothers and how is that so i would say our love for christ is shown through our love for one another right god calls us to love him and love others right love your neighbor as yourself love god with all your heart soul mind and strength to the saints and faithful brothers and now he narrows it down even more in Christ right so we have to understand that these saints and these faithful brothers are that because of Christ they're in Christ hidden in Christ and then he if he needs to narrow it down even more he says at Colossae so there you go right we have to understand the context of this letter why is this why is this letter being written the way it is? What it's what is its immediate context? Its context is that this letter was written to uh, the faithful saints and brothers in Christ at Colossae. That is who this letter was written to. We have to understand that before we start applying this letter to us, uh, we have to understand. Uh, The reasoning behind uh, any writer writing any book of the Bible and why they are writing it. Then it says, grace to you and peace from God, our father, right? Some manuscripts has, and our Lord Jesus Christ, others do not. Um, But both would be true. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. That is the source from where we get grace from. That is the source where we get our peace from. We get grace from God our Father. We get peace from God our Father. Right? Romans chapter 5 verse 1. We are given, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God when we are in Christ. When we have turned from our sins, we repented from our sins, ask God for forgiveness, and, and put our trust in Jesus Christ, right? We believe in Him, believe in the one in whom He has sent. Jesus Christ, He is the one in whom we put our hope in. And this hope is not dead. And the reason why that hope is not dead is because Christ not only died for us, but He rose from the grave after three days being in the grave. He rose from the grave and he has ascended and he has assumed his rightful throne. He is King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that is in whom we put our trust in. The one who is alive now while God is making all his enemies a footstool for his feet. And the last enemy is death. So we can trust in that and we could put our hope in him because he is the one who conquered the grave, right? death could not get a hold of him and the reason why is because he was the sinless one of god he was sinless he was the god man therefore him dying a sinful death yet being sinless there is no reason for him to remain dead um no just reason right because we understand that because of our sins for the wages of sin is death If Christ did not sin, the wage given to him would not be death, right? It would be life. And that's why we can find eternal life in Christ. Uh, He is the one who is the life giver. He says he is the bread of life. He says he is the living water. Whoever comes to me will never thirst. Whoever believes in me will never hunger. Or I got that backwards. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. So I would say, come to Christ, this Jesus, the one who stepped into his own creation, right? God stepping into his own creation. In Matthew, we are told that the reason why he is given his name or uh, he was given his name, Jesus, is because he would save his people from their sins. Now I would ask you, are you one of God's people? Are you one of Christ? Are Have you repented from your sins and put your faith in Christ? Put your trust in Christ, right? Do not trust in yourself to save yourself because you cannot do that. We cannot do that. Only God can save us. Um, in the first season, follow me through Ephesians. We we see in Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, we see there, I I talked about that but talked about the understanding of but God being rich in mercy has made us alive God did that he made us alive and we responded with repentance of our sins and our faith in Christ that's our response to God making us alive once God makes us alive when God makes us alive, he opens our hearts and our understanding of his word. And when the word of Christ is preached to us, it penetrates. And once it penetrates, um, our life starts reforming to the image of Christ. And that what that is what God is doing. He's making us more and more into the image of Christ. So, I would say, read Colossians, read it through, study it. And yeah, I believe this will be great for us uh, to learn from and to also understand another point of view of Paul, what he said in Ephesians, right? We, like I said, we can cross-reference between Ephesians and Colossians. We can go back and forth and find similarities, similarities between the two. But at the same time, Paul has a specific message to the Colossians and he has a specific message uh, to the church of Ephesus. So they're two different letters and they're both in God's word. So they're both meant to be studied and read. So I would say uh, continue joining in. This will be every week, Lord willing. Um, And this is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. No. Yeah.